Hello and welcome to the weekly reboot, your regular Friday debrief of things we've heard and seen coming from the Agile community here in Melbourne and beyond. And today we have another mini hack episode for you and it's about the art of the reflective pause. I was part of running a big workshop last week that involved a whole lot of information and learning and I witnessed on several occasions the power of reflective pauses. Something that if you run a lot of workshops, you might be accustomed to doing. And I thought to myself, yes, this is a powerful tool and worthy of a mention as a mini hack for you. So I did a little bit of research to dig into why this technique that I find myself leaning on a lot works. And it was pretty interesting. Why and how does adding a pause into your presentation, training or workshop work? Let us examine the ways together by first understanding what happens if you don't pause. Speaking without pauses means your audience expends all their effort just to keep up with you. This can mean they haven't processed what you're talking about beyond a surface level. Let's get brainy for a minute. The brain is a wondrous thing. It transforms letters, numbers and images into meaningful data that governs every aspect of our lives. Neural pathways spark and new ideas meet with the old to form complex schematic structures. Wow! and learning or assimilating new ideas gets processed in that way. To simplify this even further, think of information being processed like this. You are triggered by a stimulus. In a talk or workshop, that's gonna be things you are hearing or seeing. And that is first stored in sensory memory. Your brain then has the option to process it through memory or discard it. Short-term memory is accessed first and you can hold about seven things in short-term memory and it erodes after about a minute. If your information is judged as relevant enough, it will be stored in long-term memory, but even that will erode over time if it's not reinforced. So think about your audience or participants at a session. Are you giving them enough time to assimilate and process new information and encode it into long-term memory before racing on to the next concept? If you use pauses, it gives your audience time to reflect on your words and start making connections with their own experiences or knowledge in real time. You're helping them encode those concepts and hopefully keeping them in their long-term memory for long enough after your session is over. Why else should we leverage the tool of pausing and reflecting? It's engaging. It's a gear switch that can be used to move people from a passive listening pattern to a more active interacting pattern. This could be entertaining enough to make it memorable and storage worthy activity for their brains. It demonstrates that you value your audience contribution and that's cool. I like being asked my opinion when I'm sitting there actively engaging with someone else's content, and maybe you do too. It's another trick that helps you encode the information that you're processing. It also gives you time as a presenter to catch up with your mouth. For day-long workshops, you might be going off script a lot and reacting to what's happening around you. Giving a chance for the crowd to speak gives you some regrouping time to collect your thoughts and bring the conversation back to where you may need it to be. It also gives you time to catch up with the experience that the group as a collective is happening. You'll get information back from the group about what are the important concepts that the group is finding relevant if you stop and ask them. They'll be reinforcing each other's understanding about what's important and relevant information and you'll get to take that on board. And this could be really important as they take back the experience of your workshop into their daily lives, especially if they work together at the same company. It can be quite surprising days after a workshop to see what concepts have broadly stuck after a session. And I believe they'll be more valuable for that group if you've been able to land a few commonly understood concepts across a group that does work together. So that's why it's valuable. Let's just take a moment here. Thinking about yourself, do you think you use and value reflective pauses enough when you're speaking or facilitating?
see what I did there? So if you're not using pauses, what do you think are the barriers that might make us not want to stop, pause and ask for reflection? Sometimes you don't ask for feedback and reflection because in the business world we have to fight for attention so hard and we want to hold on to that as much as we can. Some meetings are pretty much a free-for-all for who can talk the loudest or most consistently, right? I'm sure you can remember times when that has been the case for you. Sometimes we don't ask because we're afraid the answer might be, hey, you're not engaging me at all, or I am very confused. But it's probably better that you do know that and that you can try and answer that, isn't it? So those are some of the reasons why it's valuable and some barriers as to why you might not be doing enough of this already. Time for the hacks. How do you use this technique? Okay, here's how I do it. Ask a question, leave a pause, await the answers. Leave it longer than you normally would. Someone will answer eventually. Just give it more time than feels right. And if you don't get any answers, it may be that the room hasn't been warmed up enough or that there's been nothing to reflect on yet. I find that something I have to get over as a facilitator is the awkward silence bit. And once you've done that and you do get something back from the crowd, it tends to be infectious and more interaction from the group will follow pretty easily. Your question could be something specific about the content or could even be very open, like does anyone have any questions on that? If I'm running through training material and I know it's an area that's a little complicated, I will ask a specific question like, what questions do you have on topic A before we move on? Deceptively simple, isn't it? If you want to go a little deeper, then you can in a couple of ways. You can, for example, ask people for their thoughts or reflections. If it's more of a concept, I might ask, what do you think about concept A? Or you can ask people how they felt if you've just been doing an exercise with them. How they felt is a really good one as people tend to connect to their emotions when they answer that question. What is it that Mary Angelou says? People won't remember what you told them, but they will remember how you made them feel. Sometimes even if you ask people how they felt, they will skip answering that and tell you what they think instead anyway. But that's still reflections, so I say that still counts. It's also great to get engagement if you're giving a presentation to a crowd rather than a long training session or a workshop, but you better be ready for some wide ranging engagement and ensure that you aren't too thrown by what might come out of the audience. Impromptu questions are a great indicator that your audience is engaged by the way, because it means that they are actively trying to encode the information they're getting. So you should treat it as a compliment. But here are a couple of tips on being thrown by impromptu questions. If you happen to get a question asked freestyle in the middle of your presentation and you don't want to answer it now because you're going to cover that topic later, you can ask the person to remind you in a minute or remind you later. I often do that if important content is coming out of sequence and that sequence is important to your flow. I just say, hey, good question. Can you remember that question when I'm talking about topic X in the next section? If someone happens to ask a question that's a perfect segue for your next section, then I often tell them, I say, perfect segue, thank you. And I'll just roll right into the next section. Here are a couple more mini hack ideas related to pausing and reflecting that are specific to presentations. Those times when you know you have limited time to engage, but you still want to create those opportunities without maybe having enough time for any interaction afterwards. So you can ask a rhetorical question in your presentation. And that sounds like this. Think for a moment how you felt when situation X happened. Then leave the pause in after that to allow people to reflect on that. You can also use a visual pause. When you are speaking to content on slides, pause after advancing a slide to allow people to visually digest what's, what's going on in the slide. Note to all slide jockeys, do you really need sentences on that slide? 
This is really a topic of another mini hack, but why do we insist on cluttering up slides with long sentences to read? But if you do have visual information that needs processing on slides, pause first and allow the information to be read and digested and then start making your points. Both of these are also good opportunities in presentations for you, for you to let your head catch up with your brain on how your presentation is going if you need to. As a bit of a backstory, I first learned these pausing techniques when I attended a two-day course on design thinking in 2015. The presenter was an absolute pro at getting us to reflect and I could feel the whole group really getting the content and relating their own experiences to it all the way along. I still remember the content and the exercises that we went through during that course. I noticed he was able to do it well because of a few factors. He made time for it. He brought us back five minutes before each exercise concluded and asked us to make observations. So he had timed his content and not squeezed everything in. So that's another tip. Make sure you plan your content, speech, game or activity to allow time for pause and reflection. And that means you'll have to be on top of your timing at all times. And that's actually one of the secrets behind good facilitation in general, where I think being the sort of person that's always aware of the time really helps. So if you're a compulsive watch wearer that checks the time frequently, you're going to find these techniques easier to become good at. So check yourself the next time you run a session or do a presentation. Have you got your timing right? Are you going to allow time for reflective pauses? Do you know when you're going to engage your audience or what the important points will be? In fact, at the moment this podcast will be published, I'll be in the final 30 minutes of a day of training I'm running. So I hope I've been following my own advice today or as we say, drinking my own champagne. If you try any of these ideas or get some success with them, I'd love to hear from you about that. That's been our mini hack for the week. We are Reboot Co. We transform work environments so people love their jobs and unlock new levels of performance and engagement in their work. Have you ever considered getting help with facilitation and all other aspects of working better in teams and groups? If you want to find out more about how we can help or anything else you've heard on the podcast, then you can get in touch with us by emailing rebootme at rebootco.com.au or you can follow us and find out more. I'm at Stokes Sandra on Twitter or follow at The Reboot Co on Twitter or come to our website where there are heaps of more ideas, blogs and insights. Go to www.rebootco.com.au or subscribe in your regular podcast app. And we'll be back in your ears next Friday at 4pm. Bye for now.